While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Is, you know, they're making half a million dollars. So while they, while they sit around screwing up the city and playing with people's funds and playing with people's houses and their livelihoods, um, I I just want to ask the question of how are you? How are we surprised at this? Like this has been going on way before I've been in office, right? These guys have been around here for a long, long, long time, longer than me, and um. You know, my bosses, my constituents, my bosses, um, who vote me in and who I work for, and um, the people that I have to call that helps out my constituents on a daily basis, you know, I don't know if they're favors, but I'm working for my bosses to, to advocate for them so that they can get the things done that they need throughout the city because, you know, that, that's their needs. But I don't, I don't know why... Um, we're, we're surprised by the Wizard of Oz upstairs that pulls on a mask and then, you know, dupes everybody and, and got a lot of you people duped. Um, so, so, so if you're going to quote it, quote it right. Don't misquote me. Um, little guy. Um, Could have timed that a little better, but that was um, Ward 4 City Councilor Derek Baptiste calling our reporter, Adam Bass, a little guy um, and saying that we, as the media, are being duped or uh, misled by the Mitchell administration. Apparently, we are impressionable and stupid people, and we are apparently malevolent people, but um, I wanna, I'm very grateful for... Uh, Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo and Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira for coming on despite our stupidity and our malevolence. So, um, uh, yeah, But they came just to <laughs> trick us and charm us. And I just hope I don't get in a van with them afterwards. <laughs> so, welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, where, of course, Chris McCarthy's here. It's Friday night. Uh, the, council, the council meeting was a little bit crazy. Um... But uh, we're going to let's start with uh, Shane, just because you're sitting directly across from me. Shane, what's your reaction to last night's meeting? Uh, I think it just shows the level of uh, anger and uh, frustration um, yeah. that my colleagues are feeling. You know, I I didn't speak last night because um, I felt like a, <laughs> I, I felt like everyone was able to say what they wanted to say, how they felt. And, and I think that is one of the privileges that we have as elected officials is that opportunity to speak on the floor and to address these concerns. You know, I, I want to clear up to, uh, I had spoken with Adam Bass, um, and mm -hmm. I, I don't want my remarks to be construed as 
anti-media or fake news as we hear often. I, I, I don't like that rhetoric. I think that our media serves a important role, um, not only in our society, but in our government. We've seen time and time again, especially here in the studio at WBSM, the way uh, an article can really change the course uh, of policymaking or even just the conversation or narrative in a community. Um, but what I wanted to, to say when I spoke with Adam is... I just feel as though as someone who's a part-time elected official and I, and I'm not, I don't act as a part-time. That's the position of a city councilor is technically part-time. We're paid as part-time employees, but the job is a full-time role. But unfortunately I have to work a real full-time job, (laughs) especially to afford to live in the city that I love so much. Um, But so it's difficult for me sometimes to respond to the media and to have these conversations and these debates with the mayor or, or whomever in in the media. And that's what I was trying to get across when I talked with Adam yesterday. It's not that I, I don't feel that the media has a right to, to discuss these things with us or to challenge us on these questions. And, and sure, it would be easier for us to send our own press releases uh, and to combat whatever the mayor is saying. But I don't have the time in my day to, to be arguing with the mayor in the newspaper, I, and, and I don't want to argue with the mayor. I have a, a really, well, at least I feel as though I have a good relationship with Mayor Mitchell. If if not, I would love for him to call me and let me know. <laughs> um, I have conversations with him uh, regularly uh, on various topics, um, and I just, I feel as though if there is a concern, especially around the media of uh, open meeting laws, we've come under fire around that. Um, so for me, I just feel like it's so important when we're doing our job to do it in City Hall where the people's business is conducted. So I just wanted to clarify that as well. And I think last night, um, you know, I'm happy for my colleagues that, you know, blew off some steam. Uh, and I think that's what it really was. Um, I know it, it came off as very hostile and angry and bitter. Um because it was well, it came off that way because it was that way, and, and I could understand that perception. But I, I and I want you guys to understand a little bit too from our side of it, which I was explaining to Adam was that frustration also comes from the idea that it's just the council's position to make the relationship better. I think of like when I was a child and I didn't, I disagreed with my parents or my grandparents, you know, as a child, you have to deal. It's because I said so. And that's the relationship that I think, well, this, I hope not, but New Bedford, or based on the articles we read or the conversation, like Adam yesterday asked me three different ways, well, don't you think that you should repair the relationship with the mayor? And I'm like, well, it's a a two-way street, I feel like, but the way the narrative is structured is, well, you guys are the ones breaking up this relationship with Mayor Mitchell. You need to make up with him. He is doing a great job, and you guys are being unreasonable obstructionists. So it's like three different ways I had to say to Adam, he asked me three different ways, is like, no, it's not just a simple, okay, sorry, dad, um, we'll, we'll be better next time. I'm sorry I disappointed you. Because at the end of the day, it's you know I don't like to look at myself as anti-Mitchell. I'm not anti-anything. I'm pro-New Bedford. So if that message comes out that I'm anti-Mitchell while trying to be pro-New Bedford, the better question is why that is the image. So, well, we got to let Ryan... Uh, yeah, no, uh, I just, just want to say, but so Shane, what you, I think your, your point is you want to be looked at as... Councilor Shane Burgo, not as the city council. Correct. You're, you're your own individual. You operate. You have your own relationships, your own accomplishments. And you, while you work as a group, you want to be taken as an individual, which I think is a very fair and an articulate way to put it. Um, we'll, we'll go to Ryan now. Well, thank you guys for having me tonight. Yeah, I'm uh, my first time in studio, so I'm a little excited to uh, uh, be here. 
no, just circling back a little bit, getting to the to the first point of the conversation with uh, uh, Shane spoke on. You know, I, I have to. You know, I think I would like to reiterate what Shane said, and it's, you know, it is a part time job. I'm lucky enough to work for a family uh, business, so I'm able to have a lot of flexibility. But, you know, specifically speaking on on the tempers that flared last night with this unit C reclassification, I spent a lot of time working on this. A lot of time, many hours. Um, I said last night in my uh, speech, um, in my speech on the council floor, that I can say with one hundred percent confidence, none of my votes were arbitrary. None of my votes were arbitrary on that subject. Um, I spent a lot of time working on that, and so balancing all the time I spent on that and my business or my family's business, I should say. I didn't have a chance to sit down with with reporters and the media, et cetera, to, to full lengths. I always take the media's calls. I always answer phone calls. Uh, yeah. uh, and and I, I even if I don't know anything, I think that you asked me for comment one time on the Ash Street Jail, and I honestly said, yeah, I, I really, I really don't know much about it to give you a comment, um, but yes. I can look into it, and, and it just didn't line up that time, but I, I at least respond, and I get back to, to the to the media, and I think that, you know, it, it can be difficult, so I think a little bit of patience towards the council. Now, they're, they're, on the other part of that, I also agree um, that I, I am a singular council, counselor in a body of normally 11, or it'll soon be 11 again after, after Tuesday, but... Um, I, I would like to be treated as such. I would like to be treated as the individual that I am. I have my own experiences compared to my colleagues, and, and I think I should be judged on my own votes and my own actions on the council floor. Did the behavior of some of your colleagues, um, you know, bring you to the point that you wanted to, you know, come here and individualize yourself, um, you know, like what Councilor Baptiste said, calling our reporter, who's five foot six, a uh, little man. Um, did that sort of behavior get you to get you guys to the point where you're like, okay, people really need to see I'm Shane Burgo. I'm Ryan Pereira. He's Derek Baptiste. She's Linda Morad. We'll start with, again with Shane. Uh, I came on today really um, just to show that there is no issue at least with myself, with the media. And yeah. and what, what I do want to say is, as much as I like to individualize myself as a counselor, I am mindful that I'm one of 11 that needs to work together um, yeah. a lot of times to, to, especially when, you know, I think back to the ARPA discussions. We weren't getting anywhere with that. And, and that was largely in part because we were looking at it as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was one of our biggest mistakes during the ARPA discussions because the mayor had all the power in that situation. We, the way our city charter is set up is a strong mayor, weak council format. And if the councilors aren't unified, uh, we, we won't accomplish anything. And mainly because if I'm focused on housing and someone else is focused on wastewater and all of these different issues are important. But if we're all 11 of us are divided, <laughs> we're not going to be able to move the needle on anything Then the mayor can just sit there and say, hey, well, this is what I'm going to do. You guys don't have enough votes. And I think we've had this conversation on uh, this on South Coast tonight before about that magic number six and sometimes eight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So coming on tonight, to, sorry to answer your question, that political rant that I went on. Right. Um, it's fine. It's the politician. It's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I just I I don't necessarily want to say it to separate myself from my colleagues because as I mentioned before I, I felt that some of their emotions and some of their remarks were warranted, you know, it, it's not my position to to criticize my colleagues in their role as a counselor. That's up to the voters. And I think that's what my biggest issue is a lot of times when we're taking the votes in council. I always say, I am Shane Burgo, counselor at large. This is the seat that I'm occupying for the people. And I know that sounds very cliche, but I base a lot of my votes on what I'm hearing from the community when I'm talking. And, you know, I know that I'm painted as a liberal or progressive liberal even more so, but I ha- have a lot of conservative friends that painted, I like to listen painted to. Painted by yourself. Well, yeah, I guess I, I, I didn't really <laughs> right. combat it. but and, and because I don't think liberal is a dirty word, it is You're on right. WBSM. But <laughs> it can be. It can be, for sure. But I like to say that, especially in New Bedford, you have to be able to be flexible. And mm-hmm. that's where I will come to the defense of my colleagues, is I feel as though... Uh, we are a flexible city council. I, I often joke a lot of times that you never know which way a vote's going to go. It depends on which way the wind blows. Or if I'm wearing a blue shirt or a green shirt, someone might vote a certain way. I never, I can never really get a, a lock on it. But the one thing I do know is that our mayor is not flexible, especially after 12 years in office. I uh-huh. feel as though with Mayor Mitchell, it's my way or the highway. Or even in some... so. so in other ways, when he misleads, like I'm sure we'll talk about this afterwards about some of the scenarios where I feel as though he has criticized the council. Um, like the the first one that's coming to mind, um, which I don't see, I thought I wrote it down, but was about the um, Fall River pawnbrokers. When he came on, I forget, I don't know if it was this show or Tim Weisberg's show. Both and he, shows. Yeah, okay. So, and he, because I remember talking about it extensively and how the council didn't properly vet this and that they just again that were arbitrarily just you know approving things and that's not the case it, w- it went to committee we discussed it with this gentleman so maybe people at home can, we can oh, help yeah. out so they For gave sure. a so the city council had the option to vote down or give a waiver uh in the case of the of the Pawn pawnbrokers um Resident. transfer of ownership yes yeah so in this particular case and he asked you to not give the waiver uh, yeah, he vetoed our waiver of residency, which right. is a typical occurrence. Uh, an owner comes in, buys a, a business that's already operating and functional. And I, I think that's important to mention because he wanted to veto this and cl- essentially... Not all businesses require resident- residency waivers either, mm-hmm. requirements. It's certain businesses, yeah. such as pawnbrokers, uh, require the owner, according to the uh, uh, city laws, to live in the, live in the city uh, of New Bedford, but we we can we can grant waivers to uh, said owner. Sure, um, and, and he was purchasing uh, a multiple uh, yeah, two locations just in this New particular Bedford. location, right. and it became an issue or a thought when the a bid or what have you for the Suboxone Clinic. Uh, I forget the name of the business at the time, which the council RCA. Oh, I guess that sounds right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. recovery connections. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so the issue was, why would we have a fall, you know a pawnbroker next to us, a boxing clinic? But mind you, the pawnbroker is already operating there. Mm-hmm. It's just switching the name of the owner. So why would we jeopardize and, that for a suboxone clinic, which now we know didn't end up going there? And, and it's yeah. good to point out as well that if the residency waiver didn't go through, the sale wouldn't occur as part of the agreement the pawnbroker would still stay open. Mm-hmm. It, theoretically, it could because the current owner has his residency waiver. 
So there's nothing stopping the current, well, the previous owner to just continue operating. And so, so I think, Shane, you started to articulate at the beginning of that, um, but it was important for us to educate the audience so they know sure. where we're going. Yes, of course. What, what did you say that, did you say the mayor misled? Yeah, in this, it's, it's an example of how he misleads the public uh, about the council's position on uh, situations. He, he came on the radio to make it sound as though we were misinformed, misguided, that we were arbitrarily handing out waiver of residencies for businesses, that we didn't consider the whole situation, that we didn't review it, that we didn't discuss it, which we did. We had it in committee. We had the gentleman come before us. Um, before we grant any waiver of residency, we go to committee. And it's just hypocritical to me because then when we have issues like the pedestrian bridge and the council president has gone out of her way to make sure that we have a special meeting to make sure that we can review it discuss it um and get it approved in the short time frame that he gave us it's no we just got to approve it through you don't need to discuss it so it's on one hand we should be looking at things more and on the other hand when it's when he wants it to be rushed it has to be rushed so ryan um mm -hmm. Your position on uh, on Mayor Mitchell and, and your in your work with him just far. You've you've both been on the council at the same time. Sure. Do you have a similar position as, as Council Burgo that it's my way or the highway with with Mayor Mitchell? Yeah, and I, I think I can go back to one of my first main issues on the council. Um, I'm, I know Marcus, you'll remember uh, uh, well uh, the issue surrounding the Noah's Place playground. Uh, when the Parks Board uh, uh, voted to put um, parking meters. At a playground for disabled children oh, yeah. um, last uh, early last year. Oh yeah, man, we busted that wide open. Absolutely, and it was because of you. I, I st that was that was awesome. Yeah. Well, it's 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 part of the job. It's it's sure. looking at that, and and it's thankful we have a bunch of eyes on on different agendas because uh, ten other counselors, you know, happened to glaze over that, and I was able to pick it up. And I'm glad we have so many eyes to be able to do that all different ways. Prior saying you're more astute than your colleagues? I am definitely not saying that. <laughs> At uh, least not publicly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Certainly not on the radio. No, it's certainly not on the radio. Um, so prior to going on to the morning mayor's show, uh, Phil uh, asked me to go on. I think I did your Saturday show. We, we talked a little bit. And then uh, Phil had called me on Sunday and said, hey, let's come on the radio. And I said, okay, uh, this is picking up a lot of steam. I called the mayor on Sunday. I called the mayor. Didn't get an answer, I left a message. I called his COO, Christina Connolly, left a message. I called the chief of staff, Neil Mello, left a message. Didn't hear back. So, okay, it's a Sunday, no problem, whatever. Go on the radio with Phil, did my interview. Um, we talked a little bit about it and I said, well, I'm waiting to hear back from the mayor's office. I really wanna solve this and, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to come to some solution. Um, about a week went by until I heard back from the administration. That's not good. Um, I finally was able to get a meeting with Christina Connolly about the issue. Uh, we ended up meeting in the lobby of City Hall, the lobby, in front of everybody mm -hmm. to discuss this. And it just was decided, hey, we're going to disagree on this issue. Okay, no problem. And then the public... Uh, I can say without a doubt the public was instrumental in, in stopping that. I think uh, WBSM played a role, the media played a role, but the public was all over that. I mean, we had people at Market Basket signing petitions. That's one example. An issue in the South End has been the summers and the beaches. That's been a big, that was a hot topic during the campaign that I ran. Um, so I came up with a summer plan of action. I sent, uh, I created a, a, a nice cover letter, a, um, a brief plan, a a draft plan 
met with the administration. I uh, was Mayor Mitchell and Christina Connolly again. The meeting was about 30 minutes. And during that whole meeting, we spent 25 minutes. I spent 25 minutes being lectured to as to why I'm wrong. Okay. It wasn't about, hey, let's work together. Let's come to some solution. It was, your plan is dumb. And, and you know, that's... It's disappointing because I, I'm taking feedback from the con constituents. Mm -hmm. I'm taking feedback from the same voters that vote for you that voted for me. Right. So in calling my plan dumb, I, I, it just was disheartening. So, okay, no problem. Very recently, last night, I had an item on the agenda to have by ordinance a beach advisory board that a lot of communities have. Cape Cod, the islands all have a beach advisory board that works kind of like as a subcommittee of the Parks Board. Okay. Making recommendations to the Parks Board. So the Parks Board can say, hey, this is a beach-specific issue. Let's have them investigate it and report back to us what they find. The Parks Board, obviously, under state law, having the final authority. Before I filed that motion, I met with the mayor. Nope. Can't do it. So... Um, it was, I, I was, we talked a little bit further and, and he's like, well, you know, maybe you could start a community-based group. I, a little while ago said, I'm too busy to talk to the media. I'm going to run a community group right. surrounding <laughs> the, trying to get everyone together. You know, other communities have this as part of the government and that's what I'm looking to do. And I think the voters really want it. I know I've been asked by voters, Hey, what's going on with this beach advisory board? We brought it up at a community meeting, heavily attended community meeting. What's going on? And I asked the mayor to work together. Let's collaborate on this. I'm not saying it has to be this exact way, right. but these are some of the things that I think are needed that I'm going to say is on my end that I, I can't budge on. Everything else we can budge on, but I, I need it to be based out of the city. And um, with that being said, uh, I did file that motion ahead and am and, and looking to uh, get that approved. Let's take, a, let's take a call. Good evening. You're live. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Hey, What's good up? Bear. Hey, so um, you know this. This it kind of boils down to. Uh, I think a lot of people are right. Everybody's got their heart in the right position. You know, listen to Ryan and the other counselor. But uh, and I've had the luxury of being able to work with the United States Conference of Mayors and having traveled around. And sometimes my babu used to say, "You can't be a prophet in your own land." And let's just take this mayor out of the picture, the council's out of the picture. We all voted them in, by the way. We, the people, voted them in. If we could discuss the different forms of government in Massachusetts, strong mayor, uh, class C form of government, what my thought is is maybe you guys could have on somebody that can discuss how we can change the Iron Throne with uh, instead of seven but 11 kingdoms and not have a, a dictatorship uh, similar to Fall River, they have you know more of a stronger city council. I mean, it goes back to look at Framingham. You guys remember Framingham was the largest town yes. in the United States. Yeah. Well, they changed their charter in their city. Right. And if you look at what we've done in in terms of changing our charter, we've gone from a two-year mayoral system to a four-year system. And all I'm hearing, and everybody's got their heart in the right place. But at the end of the day, council can only maybe hold up the budget. And maybe what we need to be looking at, because we got some really bright talents here on council. Right. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into the mayor at all. But we as taxpayers, it's, it's, a, it's a dictatorship. And maybe you guys could have somebody on that can come in and talk about how we could change our charter 
That's a very interesting conversation, Barry. But, I, I think that, that we, 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 can, we can do that in the future. That's a very interesting conversation. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, these councils, everybody at the end of the day, they're doing the best they can. But, you know, blind veto, what does that get you? It's a dictatorship. <laughs> uh, Maybe we should look at an, an, another option. Barry, I appreciate the call. I'm going to hold you there because we're going to take this break. Uh, we'll be right back on South Coast tonight. We're here with Council Burgo, Council Prayer, Chris McCarthy, me, I'm Marcus Farrell. We'll take your calls at 508-996-0500. All right, so welcome back to South Coast tonight. Uh, we're here with Councilor at Large Shane Burgo, Councilor of Ward 6 Ryan Prayer. Of course, we're always joined by me and Chris McCarthy. Chris, you got to... Sure. Uh, folks, we'd love to hear from you, too, because these guys are in the studio, so they are taking your calls at 508-996-0500. And app chat messages, too. I yeah, we like those app chat messages. Um, remember, if you make it too salty, Marcus is not going to read it. Yeah. So, so do your best to get it on the air. Try yeah. to be funny, but get it on the air. Um, gentlemen, I know that it's, the conflict is fun. It's certainly good media. But you are doing other things. Um, Shane, you have come, you know, you, you came, you ran on housing. It's certainly a big issue. It's a nationwide issue. We had the debate the other night uh, on it. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on housing, and then we'll have uh, your, your colleague from uh, Ward 6 uh, add his thoughts on the housing issues here in New Bedford. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things when we start talking about the housing, the, the first thing out of someone's mouth is, well, it's a national crisis. You know, what, what are you going to do about it? Right. <laughs> um, so for me, I just, when I think about the different ways that we can try to increase our housing stock, I think that's what, you know, everyone, the consensus is, is we just need more more housing stock, which isn't as simple as you think it is. Obviously, we, we are in a situation where we're already somewhat congested, if that's the term I want to use, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of where we can build. Right. Um, so that's when we, you know, having conversations in the, the home group um, that I run with Carl Alves. Um, My cousin. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't hold that against you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, uh, who uh, Paul Chase was the one who had brought up the idea, you know, the mention of we're this, not cousins. <laughs> <laughs> um, that it's a regional issue, so it's an approach that you know New Bedford alone can't solve, mm -hmm. but it's going to take Fairhaven and Dartmouth and you know these surrounding uh, communities to really tr try to work together. Um, you know, during um, what was it last week or a week ago, the health department put together a meeting to discuss uh, functional zero uh, and brought in expert uh, Julia Orlando, uh, really talking about ways that we can help end homelessness, uh, bring it down to a functional zero. Oh, okay. Um, a, a great concept, something that I would love to see for New Bedford, because right now the way, at least I personally feel, that we're spending our, our funding um, is managing homelessness as opposed to ending it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the examples I give is like with the ARPA funds, I would have loved to see if we, because it's the one-time money, using a big chunk of it, just like Bergen County in New Jersey. This is uh, where Julia Orlando came to share with us. They, I think it was like $11.5 million investment, which we know now with cost of construction and things, it'd be way, way more money. But just an example, they built this one-time structure and people at the time, of course, you know, said, "Oh, is this a you know a hotel? It's Luxury like a Marriott. Hotel. Yeah. yeah, it looks beautiful." And oh, do you guys have flat screen TVs in there? And you know, she quipped that you know nowadays that's the only type of TVs that they that's, sell. That's so very true. Right? You know what can you do? But um, so yeah, so I would have liked to see, and, and technically, there's still time to do this because as we know, the opera money is not getting spent very quickly. Right. Uh, and at any time, that uh, you know, Mayor Mitchell could 
do this is use this money to, to build a new Bedford um, or even maybe Dartmouth somewhere we you know can work with our surrounding communities to find land to build a 24-hour homeless shelter and what's important about this homeless shelter that Julia Orlando mentioned I noticed you're putting it in Dartmouth already well <laughs> I know wait for the calls from Dartmouth you, um, you know the what she had mentioned that really stuck out to me is that they had a front door but they also had a back door. And what she meant by that was they're coming in, but they're leaving with a plan. And yeah. they're going to have 24-hour wraparound services to connect you with uh, people that can get you to permanent housing mm-hmm. and find locations for you. So we're not in a situation where you just come in, you're sleeping for you know six, eight hours, then you're back out at the bus station or what have you. So, so where, where do you think that's going to go from here? <laughs> that's the tough part okay. because, again, we have to deal with the issue of not in my backyard. You know, yep. So the question, I was on the panel uh, for that event. And and I was asked, well, what can you do in government to, right. to get that? And it, it's such a challenging question because it's something I would love to say, hey, let's just do it here in New Bedford. Let's get it done and show people how successful it is. But mm-hmm. we know that the, the political will isn't there for that. Okay. So, I, I, yeah. I want to let Ryan jump in on this. Oh, just right. We've got to take a break. I'm just okay. trying to manage oh, the commercial yeah, yeah, breaks definitely. and all that stuff. So I want Ryan to jump in on this yeah, conversation. Yeah, I mean... I- I, uh, in regards to the homelessness issue, I completely agree. I, I was super impressed um, with the presentation um, by uh, Ms. Orlando. Uh, it was incredible. I thought it was a revolutionary idea that I think, you know, uh, you know, I, I we, we need to adjust it for New Bedford. And I think that, um, you know, one way we could utilize that is, is utilizing and underutilized properties in one of these mills that we have. Tons of mills. They make beautiful luxury housing out of mills. And we could do a, a beautiful homeless shelter there. And I think a, a revolutionary idea that she brought forward that was unheard of was it's a commitment from every group in the city, every every service provider. You only service here. There's no... You, uh, uh, while food pantries still occurred, but even like down to soup kitchens, no more soup kitchens. They okay. get their meals here. Okay. So now everyone's in this one program in one solution, and it's a commitment from the housing authority, in, in Bergen, that's how they did it, the, in Bergen, New Jersey is where she's from, the housing authority committed to a uh, accept these applicants on a more prioritized basis because when you were walked in the door, as Shane said, a backdoor policy, you have to come out, you get your plan, but the max they would allow you is 90 days to get on track. 90 days to get on track, and I think that's something that would be interesting to explore for New Bedford. Let's um let's take a quick break so we can have sure. some time to talk more at the on the other side. We also got some app chat messages that I want you guys to answer as well. So we'll we'll be back soon. Wonderful. Fourteen twenty WBSM can now be heard on ninety nine five FM. Spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Of course, we're always here with Chris McCarthy. We're joined tonight by Councilors Burgo and Pereira. And we're talking a little bit about the chaos of last night's meeting. It was a little bit, uh, it was a little tense. Some names were called. Uh, and we have a chat from Wailing City resident who is asking, um, do you blame or do you regret uh, your vote for Linda Morad as council president after she's leading a council with such drama? I do not remember Ian Abreu having this much drama. We'll start with uh, Councilor Pereira. 
thank you. Um, no, I do not. I do not regret my vote for Linda Morad as council president. I think she's done an, an excellent job. It's not the job or the role of the council president to um, tell the council what to do. It's to maintain um, a proper procedure and to and during a meeting, and it's to be informative. And I, I, I have been kept in the loop on everything that's come uh, uh, through her email, um, just at, just like Councillor uh, Abreu has done. I I have no regrets of voting for her at all. I, I think she's done an excellent job, and I can't complain um, about about the, the job she's done serving as president uh, in these first two months. Thank you. Shane? Yeah, uh, I would have to agree with uh, Ryan. Um, I, I don't have any regret. If the vote was again today, I'd still vote for Linda. Um, I feel that a lot of times we are more critical of women uh, in power because... In a, I think that's a cop out. Well, sure. I think I think that's a cop out. I think we all know really? that Linda's a little bit more outspoken than, let's say, Ian Abreu. Do you? Oh, of did, course. Did, okay. When okay. we compare it to Ian Abreu, but let's compare it to Brian Gomes, who also is very prophetic. When he I speeches. think Brian Gomes has gotten his fair share of criticism too. I, yeah, but I I just think that when he is more passionate and uh, you know is on the council floor discussing something, it's not there's not the, the charges against him might be different than as opposed to Linda. Can you where, call him a hit dog? <laughs> I said a hit dog will haul. That was a, a big yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm really bad with Someone my analogies. Someone called him a lap dog for Linda last night, actually. Yeah, but I, I just the, the comments that I've heard about Linda are usually very like I can't say on air. Um, you know that starts with a B word if we're talking about dogs uh, to give you an idea of what I'm trying to say. But I feel as though that same criticism isn't put towards her male counterparts. And I and as we mentioned earlier i'm a progressive liberal democrat that dirty democrat shane mm -hmm. burgo but um you know so we both know that i don't necessarily agree with linda's politics but yeah. i definitely have never thought of a better leader in new bedford than linda Morin. i think that she has shown time and time again with her years of service that she is someone who honestly does care about the people in new bedford we might not see the same goal or the same yeah. uh, outcome for certain scenarios but i have never ever questioned her commitment to this city okay thank you thank yeah you. it's very um full-throated we'll say and so, then just sorry not to interrupt no but, go ahead uh you know i i I, and I and I understand where you're coming from, Marcus, when you, you kind of said that the Shane's comments was a cop out. But I, it's, it, 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 I don't know. But is it, isn't that just feeding, the, it is. isn't that just it feeding is. the narrative? Because it that, is. But isn't it just feeding the narrative? But, but, but here's that the th but women when, have a tougher time because when, when a man is is up there and, and being passionate, it's he's being passionate. But guys, then when I represented somebody in a hearing who had a disability, she said she hated handicapped parking, and she said people with disabilities should pay for their own problems. So. I think her her reputation for being a little bit mean goes beyond her 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 gender. I think that she, it's the things that she says in public. I think that I I just I just don't agree that because she's a woman she's getting too criti she's getting too criticized. I do not think that's true. She is very very critical of the mayor at, and that's fine you guys are too she has been very critical of other people she told a constituent last night that they didn't know what they were talking about so i just don't agree and i don't want to have this whole hash thing about linda Morad, but i just think the notion that she's getting too criticized because of the things she says because she's a woman i, I think is off base because brian gomes he's he's 
probably just as outspoken. He gets just as much flack. We hear it all the time here at WBSM, how much criticism he gets. I get it on the app chats, too. Um, so I, I just don't... I'm sorry. I just have to vehemently disagree with that, that the people are criticizing Linda Moore and, because and also, she's a woman. Let me point out, I've never heard Linda make that claim. Yeah. I've never heard Linda say, because I'm a woman, I'm getting criticized. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I just don't... I just... I just. Uh, sorry. I just, yeah, that, that's I, my I opinion. Like uh, no, uh, your, I know, yeah, I know but, what's your opinion. Yeah. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Shane. I well, and that's fine, but I, I like to see how passionate you are in this scenario, but why are you attacking Alinda so much? You know, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm making a joke in terms no, of the idea. Told you. He told you. No, she really no, no, off. No, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is just like if Linda and someone else has the same passion towards someone else that they might not like because of a reason. You no, know. but he's mad, be, and I get his point. Yeah, his individual situation. I, I haven't heard her make those comments, but... The, well, yeah, the one. Oh, hey, I can... Yeah. yeah, yeah well, I can oh, I'm not, I'm not disputing it's what you're saying. It's very unequivocal. Yeah, I'm just saying for me, you know, because the question was, do I regret my vote? And it was one of yeah. my, both of your constituents, obviously, that she made those remarks about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're, again, we're, we're getting a little bit off base. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break now, and we'll, we'll be right back. <laughs> if you want to hear everything. Also on the line, uh, you guys have said you're going to stay a little bit in the 8 o'clock hour so you can talk to talk to um, your uh, your constituents that are... Uh, yeah, I don't like to stay this long in Fairhaven, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like you here that long. <laughs> You're yeah. planning to put a homeless shelter in Dartmouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep you out of Fairhaven. Look we'll um, across the river the other way. Right, right. There you go. <laughs> so uh, one thing do, before we go, because we got a bunch of app chat messages. Someone's asking, we cannot be... Expe- uh, so someone's asking, basically proposing, Marcus Udo from New Bedford, no relation, said, um, can, uh, is proposing the idea of having full-time city councilors, like having a full-time... That's your full-time job. Like, you're not Shane Burgo at the DTA. You're Shane Burgo city councilor. That's what you do for a living. You too, Ryan. Uh, you're not... You know, you're not working your family's business. You're 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 a full time city councilor. What do you guys think of that? I think it's a very interesting, you know, way to look at it. Um, I don't know if the size of the city and the scope uh, it warrants it. I would say that would have to be probably done via a study and 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 look at other other cities in Massachusetts that that of similar size if that's what they're doing. Um, but I, I would think it's it's not unreasonable. I, I would say it, it's definitely something to look at. I think there's other steps to take first, right? Maybe expanding the staff a little bit so we can delegate a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and having maybe research assistance or something along those lines so we can get up, brought up to speed a little faster. I think there's other steps before we jump right to full-time city councilor. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, well, I would say I, I just, I don't think that New Bedford warrants a full-time yeah. city council. Um, I, I think the dedicated councilors, even though it is a part-time position, do the job as a, as a full-time mm-hmm. counselor. It is challenging, but it's doable. And I think, to your point, I think it would be nice to have maybe expanded staff that 